Hey, Katie. Hello. What's in the water? <laughs> um, it's a word I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you know what you can pronounce? Popcast. This is Negative Podcast. I'm Evan. And I'm Katie. So Katie, how are you, you doing? I'm good. I'm tired, but because not because of like life is draining me, but I was in the zoo today and I'm wrecked. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's it was a, a hefty day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We left at like twelve. We walked to the zoo because it's about twenty five minutes, half an hour walk. Walked around the zoo for about four hours and walked home. So I'm very tired. How are yeah. you, Evan? I am very stressed. Had a very long. Oh stressful day trying to fit everything into one day when there's not enough hours in the day there's not enough hours in the day no so after i'm done recording this i'm gonna flake out and sleep for six hours at least (laughs) wait you know what you deserve it Mm. yeah so yes i do i do and i cannot wait to sleep but um so this is so i've been so stressed i forgot to put up the comments corner thing till the very last minute so we didn't get any new comments on euphoria so um i i will just add comments as in to say like i feel like people find it good um so like a lot of people find it really good and are like obsessed with it so i feel like that's what a lot of them would have been um I got I was in a group chat and it got put into the group chat about how good it was, but I was like, no comment. Um update on that actually. Oh, I yeah. ha- I I'm like more than halfway through episode three. That's it. That that's my progress in a week. So it hasn't um clasped my attention so far. Yeah, I think episode three is after that is where I jumped off. Yeah, I am still like, uh, what's the word? I'm still, I'm not invested, but I'm still curious. Mm-hmm. So I will continue watching it, but it's just not there yet. Yeah. You know? That's a fun, co- that's actually, that's a good comments corner. So there, we had some non-submitted <laughs> comments, from comments from Katie and other people who watched before, yeah? Um, I suppose... Oh, I mean, I was at a brunch and I just couldn't join in the conversation with other people because they were just talking about euphoria. Oh, really? Yeah. It's always so yeah. awkward. It has a chokehold on people for some reason. Mm. It is. It's really like it's grasping people's attention, but I don't know why. Like, I still hasn't grasped mine yet. So I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a little comments corner, so now it's on to pop news. It is. So we are here. We have a lot, actually, to get through. Um, Wait, before you start. I forgot. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, well, bringing us in. Um, so Jamie Lynn Spears released an autobiography that people bought for some reason, but... Turns out Britney's going to tell, tell her side of the story. She signed a $15 million book deal with Simon & Schuster to pen an autobiography revealing much about her very extraordinary life. Well, you know, I'll read it. I'm going to read it. Buy yeah. every copy. You will buy every copy. Every single copy <laughs> on the show. 
<laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm excited for that. It'll be good. It, it will be good. Yeah, it will be good to get her side of the story and her words. And it's the same people who did Michelle Obama's one. So, take her around. Oh. Well, I don't know how that one turned out, but I'll pretend it was good. So, yay. You should watch a documentary on Netflix. That's a good time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we talked about Euphoria for a little bit. Uh, so, lot, lots been happening over in the set of Euphoria. Yeah. So although Euphoria is pulling over 5 million viewers per episode at this point, it's not all glitter glue and colourful behind the scenes. According to an article on DailyBeast.com, after storylines for season two were leaked, fans accused the show's, show's creator Sam Levinson of playing favourites with cast members. This has allegedly led to tension with cast, cast members, but specifically Barbie Ferreira, I feel like I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Mm. There may be some truth to to this with Barbie's character Kat not getting any major storylines in season two. One of the main bones of contention were the gruelingly long work days that could stretch anywhere from 15 to 17 hours. Sources detail how Levinson rarely came to set with a shot list, a detailed account of every camera shot the director wants during scenes, and helps keep the production running smoothly, which often factored into the long set days. Shooting the premiere's New Year's Eve party, was particularly hellish, sources claimed, as the filming stretched for over a week and only occurred at night. Jacob had already commented, saying, "This is the, the thing is, we do it for so long. We shot that party for over a week, so very quickly. It's like being in hell. It's like being in a party that you don't want to be in at all, at all, and you can't wait to leave. It's also been reported that many female cast members have felt uncomfortable with the nudity, Specifically, Sydney Sweeney, who was asked for some of her topless scenes to be cut. Oh. So there's a lot of drama going on. Lots of drama going on. You know, yeah. We kind of spoke about that a little bit last week. um, On whether people would be, were uncomfortable with stuff. But now we know that some of them were. So that's a bit of a, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the show creator playing favourites is not. New, I mean, Shonda Rhimes does it all the time with Grey's, so not that I watch Grey's actively, but she does that. But, um, at the same time, just because like your character is not getting a big storyline, is that not just because the writer doesn't see a storyline for a character? Like, like, is it, is it what's the word? Um, oh my god what word am I looking for? It's like, is it plausible to say, oh, my character's not getting a big storyline season two, so he doesn't like me? Well, apparently that, they did have a spat over the long hours, but um, again, that could that could be why she's not getting the, the major storylines. We, we don't know, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility, but I'm also saying, like, can you just be like we had an argument and like it'd be different if she had a full script with a full storyline in it and then it was axed that would be absolutely like I'd be like oh my god understandably so we'd be furious but like if they had a spa and she didn't know whether she was gonna have a big storyline or not and then she just didn't maybe he just never saw that for that character maybe that character development just wasn't there for him Maybe, who knows? 
Yeah, or maybe he has something for a season three in the works and she just doesn't know about it, like because they're probably because they have they've said season three, haven't they? Yeah, they've they've been renewed for season three. Yeah, exactly. So like I don't know, like I I don't know the ins and outs and I can't speak for anybody else, but I'd also kind of be a bit like just chill a bit, you know. Just come to the set with the shot list. That's it. Well, I mean, on his part, yes, absolutely. Like, that's bad, but, like... Um, on Barbies? You can't... Um, no, on his end, like, he hasn't come with a shot list, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought... But then, were you not going to say something about Barbie? I can't believe her name's Barbie. Um, <laughs> um, no. No? Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, some of that is just confirmed what I already thought about the show, so there... True, that is very true. It has confirmed some ideas for you. So there we go. So into more lighthearted um content. Uh, Despicable Me Four is going to be released on July third, twenty twenty four. The film will once again voice star Steve Carell, Kristen Wiig, Pierre Coffin, Steve Coogan, and of course the entertainment industry herself, Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> when are they going to stop beating a dead horse? That's true. I mean, you have Despicable Me, one, two, three, the Minions. And is there another one? Not that there's, I know of. There's a Minions 2. No, there is a Minions 2 coming. Well, like, I've seen Despicable Me. Which is great. And half of Despicable Me 2. Don't know if I even knew there was a Despicable Me 3. I think I've seen a bit of the Minions ha- and like that's it. I'm like, stop beating a dead horse. Like the first one was brilliant. Yeah, it was a knockout. But that's what I mean. I said this last week as well. Just because you have a formula for something good doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It can, it can be a one and done. You don't need four of them. I know they're making money and all that, but like make something new. Bring up a new concept. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe I'm just bitter. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I'll see it from around the Cosgrove because I have been a Cosgrover for 35 years. Uh, for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Not even 26 yet. Love, love around the Cosgrove. Um, yeah, me too. That will be good, hopefully, please God. But Steve Crad is good as Groove, so. Yeah, and Kristen makes in it, so I love her. Yeah, she's all right. Bridesmaids? Yeah, she's all right, so I said. Okay. Right, okay. So uh, from one legend around the Cosgrove to another, um, Olivia Rodrigo. Um, so she may actually own Disney Plus at this point. So not only is she busy taking over the world and filming season three of High School Musical, the musical series, Olivia Rodrigo is now releasing a documentary called Driving Home to You, set to hit Disney Plus March 25th. Okay. Well, I don't, like the trailer, it's hard to tell what the content's going to be. Is it going right. to be like tell all or is it just going to be like a making of the album kind of thing? I feel like it's going to be a making of the album kind of thing, but that's just me. Yeah, it could be. I, I, heard, I doubt she's going to do a tell all when she's still contractually obligated to work with Josh. And she's still a child. Isn't she a child? She's 19. Okay, so she's a child. You're not an adult in America, so she's only one. No, you can't legally drink until you're 21. Yeah, so you're not an adult. <laughs> that doesn't... That doesn't... 
Well, no, but in the in the eyes of Americans, like when we turn eighteen over here, we're seen as adults. When they turn twenty one over there, they're seen as adults. Okay, right. That's a whole other thing. Um, it's true. I I follow a lot of Americans on social media. Well, she's very young. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's what I mean. She's still very young. Like she doesn't like not. I'm not saying she hasn't had a career because of course she's had a career that she can speak about like it's been a very memorable one so far but like you do tell us when you're about 30 like you know yeah no it's gonna go down the line and then he's released he's releasing a song called doppelganger and then he's kind of teased the video on the girl he cast looks a lot like her i live for this drama <laughs> i don't how it's old like, is he do i get he, 20 he's 20 21 yeah so he's an adult. Mm, yeah. I live through this trauma. <laughs> it's like a high school musical, musical series storyline. It's anyway, not for me. March 25th. You haven't even watched it. Exactly. <laughs> March 25th, the day before my birthday and the day after the anniversary. My favorite. Lots of things are happening. So next up, we're going to talk about a Netflix series, Stranger Things. Ever heard of it? No. No? Just kidding. Of course, I have, unfortunately. Anyway, what's about? (laughs) So Stranger Things is set to end with season five. uh, But before it does, season four will be released in two volumes on May 27th and July 21st. Uh, with the creator saying there's still many more exciting stories to tell within the world of Stranger Things. New mysteries, new adventures, new unexpected heroes. But first, we hope that you stay with us as we finish this tale of a powerful girl named Eleven. Why two volumes? Why two months apart? Yeah, no, Why? I don't get that. I don't like that. They're doing it with Walking Dead. They're doing three volumes over the space of a year. And I'm just like, I'll oh, just end it. Like, So could, you have, could they not have just done two more seasons? Of like as in or just yeah yeah so like i'm sure i'm assuming volume one is gonna be like eight episodes yeah something like that and volume two is probably gonna be eight episodes why not just make season four season five season six and end at that yeah that's true why volumes why not just split it like yeah, no, they did that. They're doing that with Walking Dead right now, and I really don't like it because it's just stretching it out. And I'm just like, I love the show, but please end. They did that That's with Pretty Little, Pretty Little Liars as well, and that went on for fucking ever. That's the thing. I'm like, do people re- and and I know people love it, and I get it. It's great, but it is. But do they need to do it? No. No, I didn't think unless so. unless maybe if it's a issues filming with the pandemic i doubt that i know that's what Highly. affected that's what that's what's affected um the walking dead with their uh, filming of season 10 and then now they're yeah. in season 11 and they're putting that into three parts although i feel that has more to do with um marketing and money than anything else i i would think that one the second mm. one more than anything rather than covid because like films were getting like managed to get thing thing recorded during COVID. Like TV shows weren't having a, other TV shows weren't having a problem. Um, once they implemented testing and stuff, so. Yep. 
Yeah, so we don't need two volumes. Just give us a season and then give us another season and then call it a day. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so someone who was not on Stranger Things, why is this a transition I'm using? Um, <laughs> was Jake Gyllenhaal. He was not there. Although, no. but someone who was on Stranger Things was Sadie Sink, who played uh, Taylor in the All Too Well short film alongside Dylan O'Brien. And Jake Gyllenhaal has revealed his thoughts on Taylor Swift's All Too Well. He says, mm. it has nothing to do with me. It's about her relationship with her fans. It's her expression. Artists tap into personal experiences for inspiration. And I don't begrudge anyone that. Okay. I've nothing to import on that. I mean, it's, it's not about it's not about her fans. Like, get real. He's trying to cover his tracks. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. He's trying to cover his tracks. We all know. All, we know all too well. Oh. We all saw the 15-minute movie. Okay, you didn't. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> but it was brilliant. Well, everyone else. And it was very artistically okay. done. So, yeah. Um, Jake, you're covering your tracks, okay? Just own it. Own your truth, even if you're going to be a dick at the end. Just own it. Yeah. Um, so, another musician, um, another blonde musician, I should say, is Kesha. So free Kesha advocates displayed flags at Sony's music office in L.A. amid growing frustrations with the lack of media attention given to the singer's ongoing battle with Dr. Luke. This comes after Kim Petras released her EP, Slut Pop, where every song was produced by Dr. Luke. Um, so a producer at Sony says that Kesha is unable to write her own song, unable to write a song, perform the national anthem, release a cover on YouTube, release any music, or feature in anyone else's song without Dr. Luke's written permission. Okay, why? And then we all know Dr. Luke is very much sexually assaulted her. Mm -hmm. So why is he still working? And why is he still allowed to work with her? Could she not file a restraining order? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the legal implications are. I mean, I suppose she could, but I don't know. What I suppose it that could like end her making music and stuff like that. So mm. you wouldn't really want to do that, would you? No, but we should we free Britney. Let's free Kesha next. Come on. Yeah, let's give her a chance. Let's come on. Kesha has some great songs. Let's get her out there. <laughs> so she she has that one good one that was the really sad one about like her oh, praying. Yeah. That's a great song. Um, that's a great song. But like then the other side of things is TikTok. <laughs> the song or actual TikTok? The song. That's a chance. I don't know the name of it, but I think it is TikTok. Yeah, the song is called TikTok. That was the first song. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a great start, to be honest. I blared that CD to death. <laughs> that was a tune. So um, so Paramount Plus is a streaming service that's coming to Europe later this year, but it's already big in the US. And it was announced that a Teen Wolf movie uh, was coming to Paramount Plus following the end of the series in 2016. The cast was announced for the movie. However, not everyone is on board. So I'm going to read the cast list. I'm going to tell you who's not on board. Um, so returning is Tyler Posey, Holland Roden, Lyndon Ashby, J.R. Bourne. Colton Haynes, Ryan Kelly, Shelley Henning, Crystal Reed, Melissa Ponzio, and Dylan Sprayberry. 
However, not returning is Tyler Hoechlin, Arden Cho, and Dylan O'Brien. So Arden Cho, uh, Asian-American actress, has declined the role, uh, her recurring role, of Teen Wolf, not of Teen Wolf, in the Teen Wolf movie, after being offered only half the salary of her three white counterparts, according to Deadline. Cho was the only actress of colour amongst the main female cast. Okay. It's a bit sus. It is. That's wrong. Yeah, it is. And then apparently Dylan O'Brien's not returning either, but I think he liked to tweet about Arden not returning, so I think he's probably doing it in solidarity, I imagine. Or maybe he just doesn't want to do it. Yeah, or maybe, he, yeah, he could, it could be solidarity or it could just be, maybe he just doesn't want, want to work for people that are like that, which is solidarity, but it's on a different side of it because you could be in solidarity to be like, well, if you're not going back, I'm not going back. Or you can just be in solidarity of that's wrong. You're horrible. Deal without me. Yeah, no. Um. So, I mean, I've never seen, I have lots of friends who are fans of Teen Wolf. I think it, it, would, it looks like something I would enjoy, but I haven't seen it. Um, it, it looks like something you would have enjoyed when you were 16 like pretty little uh, yeah 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 um, so yeah I mean I don't think that's right I think she should be getting paid equally to the three white counterparts whoever they may be um, yeah but yeah that's all I have to say on that just pay her equally and maybe she'll return and then maybe your movie will be good do you know what no I hope she never returns I hope they learned their lesson Absolutely. Uh, but someone who is uh, returning to a role that he's basically just originated is Idris Elba. So Sonic 2 is about to hit cinemas after the first one was a big hit. However, it looks like there's a spin-off in the works for Knuckles with Idris Elba signed on board to vo- voice the main character. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for the first Sonic movie, so I won't be wondering. It was good. That's it. That's it. I mean, I mean, you mentioned the Despicable Me thing. Do we need a Sonic spinoff? No, we absolutely. Well, I mean, spinoff maybe. Second one, no, we don't need a second one. Absolutely not. Like, there's no reason. But spinoff because it's to do with Knuckles and not actually Sonic. Like, it's just something else to do with the world of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I was okay with Minions. But now I'm just not okay with Minions 2. Yeah, that's true. And like the same as Despicable Me, I just don't think there needs to be four. Why does there need to be four? Mm-hmm. Especially because like that came out when we were young. Despicable Me? Yeah, like that came out when me and you were young. So technically their target audience... Well, like, I mean, not their target audience because like there's always kids, but like... The people who would have connected with it when it came out, probably a lot of them have kids. I suppose, I guess, yeah. Oh, let's watch this. It came out when I was younger, whatever. But I just feel like usually, like when things have like lots of sequels and lots of stuff like that, it's like Harry Potter, Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. It's stuff that people grew up with and, and like, still holding affinity for whereas I don't see myself holding an affinity for despicable me yeah I don't think many people do that's what I mean whereas with Harry Potter and stuff like that it's like some people grow up with it's a book and then it's a movie and it's a world and you can escape and like who's escaping to despicable me or well I was gonna 
people would have escaped with Sonic when they were younger. That's true. So I actually understand Sonic more than I understand Despicable Me. Okay, yeah. I mean, are you going to go see Sonic 2? Yeah, probably. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, that's it. Maybe I'll see for Tails. I love Tails. Yeah, I love Tails too. Yeah, Despicable Me came out in 2010, so 12 years ago. Oh my God. I know, right? We, I was 13. Mm. So even then, I wasn't the target audience, so... Man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not talking about Despicable Me or Sonic. Katie, what are we talking about? So this week we're going to talk about the 2000s film that shows a legal assistant who, with the help of her employer, sets off to seek justice. That's right. This week we're discussing the work of art that is Aaron Brockovich. So, Evan, what is your history with Aaron Brockovich? Um, I, like it was always a film that's always been on TV. Still to this day, it's always on like, it used to be on like, TV tree back in the day or it always yeah. pops up on TV now and again I feel like it's on TV every weekend or something and I think I watched it with like my mom one night when it was on RT or something like just like it's yeah. just one of those films that was just on you just sit, like sit down nine o'clock on a Saturday <laughs> thinking with your mom and just watch it but you're not really paying attention um, mm. and then I think it was a few years later I think it was in my, it would have been about 16 when I saw it like I got to watch it properly and I just thought it was brilliant and then yeah. hadn't watched it since and then watched it obviously in preparation for this and we'll mm-hmm. get into my thoughts on it but Katie what's your history there in Brockovich? I have basically grown up with this movie so it came out in 2000 um, and I probably didn't see it until maybe 2002-ish because we had it on video so it would have had to come out like be released and then be released onto a video Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it at home for the first time because me and my mom had this like box set of like Julia Roberts movies. So I had like my best friend's wedding um, um, for four weddings and a funeral, all that. And Aaron Brockovich was in it. So I just basically grew up on Julia Roberts movies, which is something that not a lot of people know about me. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know that about you. No, not Hill, all of that. Like, oh, I they were... I know they were everything I used to watch when I was younger. Like that's what I'd just I'd go, I'd look at the box set, I'd go and I'd I'd put VHS on of one of them. And Aaron Brockovich was one that I didn't watch a lot because when I was younger, like I didn't I didn't get it. Yeah. And like you said, it's only until I watched it when I was older and then in preparation, I was like, oh, what a brilliant movie. So yeah, that's my history. Right, well, we're going to recap the movie, Aaron Brockovich, um, for the listeners out there. Katie, are you ready? I'm very ready. Okay, so the film opens with Aaron, played by Julia Roberts, in a job interview. We learn she is divorced and has children and wanted to go to medical school. Um, she gets rejected from a job at a doctor's office and has trouble starting her car, and then she gets into a car accident. So Aaron meets a lawyer um, named Ed and attends court in a neck brace. We learn Aaron has been married twice. The opposing attorney accuses Aaron of lying. She argues with her lawyer. Um, Aaron goes to pick up her children from the babysitter. And she says that she can't look after the kids anymore because she's moving. So Aaron starts to make dinner for her kids. The baby's screaming. She, she sees a cockroach and she runs out. They go to a diner and the kids uh, order what Aaron does not. Uh, Aaron's applying for jobs but can't seem to find one. And she keeps calling Ed Mazzari. 
Uh, Ed walks into his office and finds out Aaron is working there. They argue and Aaron refuses to leave. He agrees to let her work there and uh, she gets shown the file room. Aaron goes to pick up her kid. She puts him into bed that night and then she hears a motorcycle outside. Uh, it's a guy named George. She tells him to shut up. He asks her out and she gives him a bunch of numbers and then rejects him. So Ed asks her why she's not at lunch with the girls. And he tells her to rethink her wardrobe and maybe she'll get invited to lunch and she refuses. She uh, files and finds a real estate case with blood samples and medical files. Erin goes to pick up her children, but they're not there. Uh, she goes home to look for them and finds them sitting in the backyard with George. The kids play games with George and Aaron, and Aaron sends them to bed. George offers to babysit, and Aaron reluctantly agrees. Aaron reads a toxicology report and notices something off. Aaron asks Ed to investigate, and he agrees. So Aaron drives out to Donna Jensen's house and talks to her. Donna tells Aaron that PG&E uh, paid for her doctor's visits uh, on their toxicology report. Donna mentions uh, chromium which is a chemical in water. Uh, Aaron goes to a local university and tries to find out more about chromium. Uh, Aaron arrives at Mr. Scott's, at Scott's office, uh, which is a wa- for water records. Aaron asks to go back and check, and Scott er- and she argues it with Scott. So Aaron finds a document and makes copies of it and, reveal- and it reveals the chromium levels are insanely high in the water in their residential area. Aaron goes to work and gets fired. She comes home and finds George fixing under the sink. Aaron breaks down and then goes to her room. So uh, George follows her and they kiss. She tells him about winning a beauty pageant. At breakfast, Ed knocks on Aaron's door and he tells her she was right. She'll only help him if she is uh, if she's hired again. Ed asks her for a copy of the report and she requires a raise and benefits. She takes her kids to make copies. She's asked not to copy the papers, but she refuses. Erin is at Donna's house and explains to her her water isn't safe. Donna runs outside to get her kids out of the pool. Erin and Ed meet meet a PG&E attorney and he says PG&E are not responsible for the water. And he offers them $250,000 and they leave. Aaron and Eric arrive back at the office and they argue and then laugh. Aaron's the last one in the office until Tom and Mandy show up. So they explain the chickens were born with uh, deficient, their chickens that they raised were born with deficiencies due to the chromium. And Mandy reveals she's had five miscarriages. Uh, Aaron arrives home and checks on her kids. Her son is mad at her. Uh, the next day they walk to the, they talk to the residents. Aaron spends a lot of time getting to know the residents. Aaron and Ed walk to the office and argue, and they decide to gather evidence. Aaron goes to um, gather water for evidence, and she get she gets it and runs. George and the kids play Monopoly. George and Aaron argue about their jobs, about her job. Aaron grills Scott about the documents. Aaron drives and talks to George on the phone. He tells her. Beth said her first word. Aaron hands out flyers at a public event. Ed and Aaron unfold the case further, and Ed reveals PG&E don't know about chromium. Aaron tries to reassure Donna everything will be okay. At court, Ed and Aaron are delighted the case is going to be going to trial. 
So they get offered $20 million at this point. Aaron refuses the offer. Aaron comes home to find George has packed his bags. George asks her to quit, but she refuses. And then George leaves. Aaron drops them off at the at Pamela's house. Uh, Aaron pleads with her to stand her case. And then Aaron heads to work and brings her kids. So she looks for something. She meets the new partner on the case and he tries to assure her it's good, it's good news and she doesn't care. Aaron gets a package and it's a check from Ed as well as a car. In a meeting, the case is being taken over by major lawyers, one of them being Teresa. So they try to find holes in Aaron's research and Aaron proves she knows everything about her, the residents and the case. Ed and Aaron leave and they argue. So Teresa tries to learn about the residents and Ted begs for her and Ted begs for Aaron to help them. Aaron shows up at the offices uh, where a meeting is taking place. This causes a rift between Ed and Aaron. Ed tells her to go home and she leaves. At a town meeting, Ed tries to inform the citizens of how it may go. Aaron compliments Ed. George and Aaron meet up. Ed and Aaron do some um, do some more work. George takes care of the kids. Aaron heads to a bar and gets uh, the bar man to give her coffee. Some guy tries to hit on Aaron, it seems. Turns out, but he reveals he worked for the Hinkley plant and destroyed documents. So she calls Ed to let him know. He tells her about the documents and he turns out he didn't actually destroy them. Aaron brings the, the documents to the boardroom and shows everyone the documents. When asked about um, when asked about it, she she yell she tells them Aaron jokes about how she got the documents. Um, Aaron and George drive to Donna Jensen's house. Aaron tells Donna that the judge is making com- the company pay three hundred and thirty three million dollars, and five million of them going to Donna and her family. Ed gets a letter, and Aaron is on the is in her now in her own office and so ed goes to give aaron a check for two million dollars and before she can she has a go at him so he leaves from the desk and aaron and ed can continue to work together on cases after that and that's the end of the movie that is the end of the movie this movie's amazing it is amazing, and for people that don't know, I think you've touched on it, but this is a true story. It is. And Aaron Brockovich is a real person, and this did happen, and the movie is about 98% accurate, according to Aaron Brockovich herself, which means, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of this stuff happened, which is great. Which is also shocking as well, though. Yeah, it's mad. Like, imagine how much your life would change in just a small amount of time. You go to sue somebody, you lose. So you get a job in the law firm because you need money. Um, and then you end up cracking a case and get two million. <laughs> so, unheard of. Like, rather than talk about the film, I'd actually like to talk about Erin Brockovich herself because mm-hmm. she's a very interesting woman uh, but it is about the movie like it's about like outcomes and stuff like this that happened after the movie so um, Erin and George did break up um, in the end she's not married to him but 
and he was a live-in nanny for seven years or several years sorry um and it was paid for by the law firm so that she could knuckle down on her work that's mad that's insane yeah um also apparently now she's worth 10 million herself um just her like in life um i but one thing i did find out was so they did get 333 million dollars that's mm-hmm. true um but the masri and vilto law firm got 133.6 million of that and Aaron got 2 million of that 133.6 but in the movie it was depicted that um, the family got 5 million and while some families did get big payouts others only got like tens of thousands oh, that's mad yeah so I did find that little fact out um Whereas the movie kind of depicts that that was a happy ending for all, but a lot of the uh, victims felt like the uh, value or the money, the the settlement wasn't paid in an equal way. Yeah, no, that's insane. That's actually yeah. mad. Yeah. So a little fun fact there for you. Yeah, no, you're educating us. I know I am. Like, welcome to my TED talk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, she still lives in Agora Hills, apparently, in California, in the house she purchased in 1996. So the year we were born. Um, were you born in 96? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the year we were born. So that's another little interesting fact. And unfortunately, um, Ed Masary died in 2005 but uh, at least he got to see the film he was actually in the film he was in the background of the diner he was behind Julie Roberts oh no way yeah so Ed Masary was actually in the film Um, I don't know about Graldi or Grady or whatever but um, I do know that Ed Masary is still alive, uh, was in that and um, Grady is still alive so yeah, no, it's yeah. insane. It's so it's good when something is that accurate, you know. I mean, yeah, exactly. Sometimes too many liberties are taken, you know. Definitely, um, but like the way the way that Julia Roberts was dressed was completely accurate, apparently. Um, and this is all coming from Erin Brockovich herself. Mm-hmm. Um, her bad language completely accurate. Um. And her like using like her cleavage and stuff like that. While she said it wasn't um like it wasn't her plan to do that, that that did help. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to say when watching this movie, I I didn't see I know Judy Roberts Judy Roberts played Aaron Brockovich, but when I watched it, I didn't see Judy Roberts once. No. I just saw no. Aaron. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, she does depict the character very well. Um, not the character, the person, mm-hmm. I suppose. But um, no, she is really, really good. Um, and what? Well, what else was I gonna say? Oh yeah, like the actual Aaron Brockovich has like five books. 
um, and her last book she brought out was in 2020. Um, and yeah, she has three kids and yeah, she's still just an environmental activist and a consumer advocate and is now an American legal clerk. So Yeah, which is mad because like she didn't have a degree. She didn't have she was divorced twice, three kids, had no money at the start of the movie, like struggling to pay her bills, had like nothing in had basically nothing in the press when she was trying to make the dinner. Like it's just mad to see that you can get that far without climbing any sort of social ladder, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, and like the scene where they were in the diner that I spoke about a minute ago and the kids were like, why are you not eating anything? And she was pretending that the lawyer brought her out to, to like to get food. Yeah. So she was too so she was too full, but in fact she wasn't. She was probably starving looking at them. Um I don't know if that's actually real or not, but I'm sure something like that had has had had happened mm-hmm. I can't talk but um yeah she looks way better now than she did back then no offense but you, still, you look great now so there you go <laughs> there you go, there you go um, money helps and I'm I'm delighted for you but as you said like there you were like oh she didn't really climb a social ladder but she kind of did in a way like she became a lawyer basically yeah but like not like she didn't set out to climb she set out to it just help these people because she knew something was wrong yeah exactly no i get that oh and also in the film it was like saying that it had carcinogenics in the water and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh um it turns out that that's not true but like they still won so you know yeah. Or not that it's not true, but the, like um, cancer rates in the area weren't like higher than usual, um, considering like the census and stuff like that. Like it was this, like it was a, at a normal rate for like how many people they had and what the kind of like age levels of people and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. so like it, that's why they say that it's not actually that they it was carcinogenic but it did have effects on people and it wasn't clean water so they still won it's mad i wonder how long it was like that it's crazy yeah i actually didn't look into that but they won anyway against it and i think they had like a swimming pool or something and one of the victims got sick from the swimming pool oh god mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no, I think that my favourite scene in the movie is when they're in the boardroom with the two big lawyers and mm-hmm. they're trying to poke holes in Aaron's research. And um, I think, is it Teresa uh, like, uh, is saying, do you have, can you tell me anything and everything about these people? And they, yes. she brings up Annabelle, who's a young girl who's sick. And then just like that, like, uh, Aaron just starts naming the phone numbers, the last names of people, what their condition mm-hmm. is. Like she just knew it, like just straight out the bat. 
yeah no again so that is like half true um it's not it's not known that she actually knew their numbers or anything but she is dyslexic i think mm-hmm. um and that that was her way of understanding the cases so she knew everyone's name disease and like what everything that was wrong with them again i don't know about the phone numbers that has never been confirmed that that's correct but she did in fact know everything about every single victim she knew everything yeah which for like you're just filing papers in an office like she just threw herself in. yeah because she has like in real life she has an outstanding memory so Oh yeah, it's amazing. No, it is really amazing. It's a testament to this woman. Yeah, no, it is. She's she's brilliant. Like she deserves everything that she has. Um like yeah, she just she came from the bottom up. What can you say? And the movie again was great. It was shot brilliantly. The actors are amazing, costume designs unreal, and you can't really fault it. It's 98% accurate. So like it is a perfect movie, I have to say. It's a brilliant movie. It, it's great it's it's one of those ones that will like last forever mm. oh, I it's really it. good i adore it yeah me too and it, it is actually quite a feel-good film it is actually i was expecting it to be way heavier and more dramatic but it's not and in the end it's quite a feel-good like you feel real like yeah we did that yeah you know so yeah, now it is a really, really feel good film, and it just makes you feel like it just makes you feel good after watching it. So. Yeah, and it moves along at a good pace. Yes, it does. It does. It doesn't like drag or um. There's not any unnecessary detail. No, absolutely. In in my opinion. So yeah, that's everything I have to say about the movie. To be honest, I mean, I just think yeah, I just have to say it again. It's brilliant. It's perfect. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's everything. It is. It's absolutely. It's outstanding. Like yeah. So um, I want to talk about the success of this little movie called Aaron Brockovich because it was very successful. Um. Yes, it was. So Aaron Brockovich has an eighty-five percent score on Rotten Tomatoes, which means it is higher than Rent. It is higher than Rent. It has more claws than cats. <laughs> Especially Aaron with those nails. True, true, true. So the film made a uh two made two hundred and fifty-six point three million dollars at the box office against a, against a budget of fifty-two million dollars. The yeah. film was nominated for five Academy Awards, five BAFTAs, three Golden Globes, and three Critics' Choice Awards. Julia Roberts won for Best Actress in all of these categories, in all of these awards. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's insanely successful. People love it. It's a beautiful piece of art. So, yeah. Well, you may, I mean, it came out 22 years ago, and it's still quite relevant today. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel dated know, to me. It doesn't because it's like fight for the little guy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's really good. And yeah, as I said, like she deserves every success that came to her. I'm talking about both women in this case, Erin Brockovich and Julia Roberts, because she really did do the role justice, in my opinion. Um, And she really just, she went for it and she didn't, she didn't let it down. No, she didn't. Everything. No. This is amazing. I love this. 
It is amazing. It is. It's very, very good. So um, it's time for a bit of a pop quiz. Ooh, Ooh school is in session. School is in session. Katie, don't drink the water. Uh. <laughs> Too late. I've drank a bottle of water while we're sitting here. <laughs> So 10 questions for Katie, uh, all about Erin Brockovich. Uh, Katie, are you ready? Uh, I think so. Okay, so question one. What type of creature does Erin find floating in the water near the PG&E uh, plant? Oh, I absolutely forget, but I'm going to say that it was um, a frog. It was a frog? Yeah. Go me. So, question two. How many miscarriages did Mandy Robinson have? Five. Yep. Woo! So, this next one. Don't woo that. I'm wooing myself. <laughs> Sorry, Mandy. I didn't mean that. Wow. Okay. Um, question three. This is multiple choice. Erin describes her babysitter smelling like what? Chicken fat? Cigarettes? Beer? Or body odor? Chicken fat. That's correct. Woohoo. So question four, multiple choice again. Which uh which of these which of the following numbers is not one of the numbers that Aaron gives George when they first meet? A phone number? The number of kids she has? A bank account number or a bank account balance? Balance. It's actually the account number. Ah, oh, okay. I knew it was something to do with the bank account. Mm. So question five, what is the name of the little girl who has cancer? Olivia? No, I said her name earlier. Yeah, well, do you think I'm going to remember? <laughs> I really, I actually really thought it was Olivia. It was Annabelle. Uh, close enough. Uh, okay, this is true or false. So true or false, the real Aaron Brockovich appears in the movie. Yes, she does. She does. Do you know who? She's do you know waitress. Where? Yeah, she's the waitress in the diner. Can't feel me. <laughs> <laughs> she did her research. Yeah? I did actually do my research. Yeah. Question seven. What is the name of the law firm Ed works at? Um... Did I say name in this earlier? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm actually completely after again. Um, why am I after forgetting Ed's second name? It's something Garaldi. No, it's such an M. Oh, I'm actually after forgetting. Okay, it's Masri and Vitito. Oh yeah, it was the second. Yeah, the two second names. I forgot. That's why I told you I forgot Ed Masri's second name. <laughs> anyway, see, this is this is why we do this, guys, because I literally said that and then I couldn't remember. So this is what we're proving here. This, yeah, this is. <laughs> <laughs> Question eight: What is Beth's first word? You've said this as well. Mm. I, I actually can't remember. I, I will not remember for the life of me. It was ball. Yeah, like that's not where I would have went. Okay, question nine. What board games does George play with the kids? Snakes and ladders? No. Okay. 
Can't remember. It was Monopoly. Oh my god, it's gonna say Monopoly. Yeah, Damn. it was okay. Harley Davidson Monopoly to be exact. All right. Okay. 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 In question ten, final question: What was the profession of the man who hit Aaron's car? Um, he was. Think of where she is at the start of the movie. A car salesman? No. Can't remember. He was the doctor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, guys, leave me. I'm tired. I said I was tired. Yeah, that's fair. Fair. So you got four. Not the worst you've done. I think it might be one of the worst I've done. No, the worst was definitely pretty reckless. You got three, but. Yeah, so four is not great, Evan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> sure, look, I don't mind. So, yeah, next up, we're going to put Aaron Brockovich on our pop scale. Rate out of five, based on his place in pop culture and how much we like it. Katie, out of five, what do you give Aaron Brockovich? I'll give her a five. <laughs> I'll give her a five. I just think it's, re- like we're saying, we've said it a million times, it's so good. Um, It's like, a classic at this point it's amazing you can't fault it you like it's 98 percent accurate julia roberts is outstanding and all the actors are actually amazing in it um and it's it's a true story and at the end of the day it helped a lot of people out so yeah i'll give it a five what about you i am also going to give it a five uh, yeah. As I mentioned, it's brilliantly acted. It's brilliantly shot. It's just a beautiful story. It's a great film. Julia Roberts mm-hmm. deserved that Oscar. Aaron Brockovich deserves all the success in the world. And it's just fantastic. And it's a classic and it will stand the test of time. So, I agree. I uh, agree. So next up, we're going to talk uh, what's popping. We talk about what we are enjoying in terms of pop culture at the moment. So, Katie, what's popping with you? I don't know if it's popping, but it's I'm watching it at the moment and I feel like you're going to be very happy about this, Evan, but I am watching Young Sheldon. Oh, I have. I said <laughs> Young Sheldon. I do love Young Sheldon, but I need to properly watch it. Like, I do really like yeah. it. Yeah. To be fair, like I've been kind of, it's been on in the background while I'm playing my Switch. Mm. So I have to give that a mention. I've been, I think I've mentioned this game before, but I've been back on my bullshit with um Stardew Valley and it literally like oh I I'd actually join gone onto my Netflix now to see what episode of Young Sheldon I'm on because I've only watched that and play Stardew Valley at the same time and I only started watching it after we were we recorded last week's podcast so like probably like Wednesday or Thursday so where are we? I'm going to check it I'm on season one, episode 22. Okay, good. I mean, yeah, I need to sit down and properly watch it. I just, I like, like you, I do have it on in the background, but yeah. But I do enjoy yeah. it, Sheldon. I think it's a cute show. Because it's like, there is a storyline to an extent, but it's not a super strict storyline. So you can kind of flit in and out and maybe not listen for five minutes and you'll catch back up. Yeah, absolutely. It gives me real like Malcolm in the Middle vibes. That's what I thought about it when I first watched it. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, Euphoria is not really popping, which I know that's not the segment, but you know. Yeah. And then I love my usual podcasts. 
the unpopular opinion to Irish women. Absolutely amazing. I adore them. Um, just God, that couple have me in a knot. I absolutely adore them so much. Um, Rosie and Chris Ramsey. He's a oh, comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know who Chris Ramsey is. Shag married and I'd Evan get on the podcast and listen to it from episode one. Oh my, when I tell you, like sometimes I'd be on the bus and I actually just have to laugh. <laughs> I have to just audibly laugh. And like at this point, I don't even care. Some of the stuff is so funny together. Mm-hmm. Love them. So they're popping. They've been popping with me for about two years now, but I love them. Okay, so what's popping with me um, is trying to think um pam and tommy i'm finally caught up in pam and tommy i can't wait for the next episode have you caught up yet i mean that same with me but i said that last week so that's continuing on it how how do you like it yeah i love it as okay i love it as as a piece of art i think it's brilliant but part of me feels kind of guilty because it's done without their authorization me too and obviously i love pam so you know yeah Although, I mean, I know this isn't her episode, but she's, not that she's not a great person, but she does sound by Hugh Hafner, and that's a little bit ugh, sketchy. Me, so. sketchy. Yeah. But she is a great woman, in my opinion. I do agree with that. I do love her as well. Yeah. So, uh, otherwise, podcast, welcome to our show. The New Girl podcast, I'm still loving that. That's every week. Of course, yeah. I love New Girl, so... Um, what else is there? Baby Daddy, still hooked on that. Still um, going strong. Still going strong. I mean, I'm flying through it. Um, thinking about what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about lots of things. Oh, I watched a great movie. Uh, I'm actually working my way through my Oscar movie list. So that's a yes, whole bunch you of are. things. Yeah, so I'm posting reviews on Instagram. I need to actually update my Twitter with them. But the last great one I watched was uh, Being the Ricardos on Prime, which is a lot about Lucille Ball and her husband. So yeah, okay. that's brilliant. And yeah, just lots of things to get through. Yeah, sounds like you're busy. I'm not. <laughs> oh, God, this is why I'm stressed. True. Oh, uh, this day next week, we will know as a podcast whether I have uh, passed my driving test or not. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. It's Yeah, it's next week, but it's the day before we record. So Ugh. we'll <laughs> see if I'm in a good mood or not next Tuesday. <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> okay, where can the people find us? People can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Make It Podcasts. You can also give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, and you can give us a little um. Sorry, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can rate us on Spotify if you so wish. Um, and yeah, if you want to recommend us to any of your family or friends, they can listen to us anywhere they find the podcasts. We have a multitude of platforms at this point. We do, and we are ever-growing, of course. So that's been our Aaron Brockovich episode. Uh, I've been Evan. And I'm Katie, and And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. You'll hear from us next week. Bye.